Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook and uh, then just click to join us, I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello, my friend. So this morning, I have Anthony Garcia with me. Anthony is one, he and I love barbecue. So he's a brother in barbecue. But beyond that, he is just a best-selling uh, author for the book you can see there, Catapulting Commissions. He also leads a, a team of, of like his sales force, but he does it in a phenomenal way, a way that when I was working, I would have loved a manager that reached out and guided me along. So Anthony is very gifted, but very humble in what he does. And so I'm happy to introduce you to Anthony Garcia. Anthony, welcome, my friend. Mike, thanks for having me on the show. Super excited to be here. Let's talk to us. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's enjoy our time together, bud. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. So Anthony, why don't you, if you would take some time and explain like what does life look like for you now, both in the, in the business side and personal side, where are you at? Yeah. So let's, you know, we can talk a little, I'll start with business and transition to personal business, business life right now. I'm a a regional sales director for a large medical device. One of the top three medical device companies in the world. About two years ago, I started independently building my own, uh, brand catapulting commissions, my own consulting, coaching, speaking brand. And, And the idea behind that was, can I build something that is generational? Can I build something that's on my own? And so the reason that that transition took place in business, I started climbing the the corporate ladder in corporate America. And when you climb the corporate ladder, you get to a certain ring and you look and you're like, I don't want that step. Or I don't know if that's a step I'm ready to take just now. Cause I don't, I don't, I hate saying I don't want that step, but it's not a step that I want to take now. So I, I sat at a pivotal point. I'm like, okay, do I want to keep climbing corporate America or do I want to build something independently? Uh, Fun fact, I failed at my first business when I was 25, 26. And I don't say I failed as opposed to I mismanaged finances. I had horrible, horrible, horrible money habits that forced me to close my first business early. And it's always been on the back of my mind. How can I redeem myself? How can I come back into this industry? So the opportunity presented where I had a calling to share some things about the sales strategies and how I lead, which I put together the book, Catapulting Commissions. 
And so it started just as a concept of a book and it quickly evolved to essentially a full scale consulting firm. Um, you and I talked before the air start, before we started recording, you know, there's a sales agency component that's coming out of it. So now I went from being a, a regional sales director, it's a full-time job. I just added a second full-time job with catapulting commissions and we're building, we're building something really that I would call generational wealth building. And that's super exciting. I mean, I just got the trademarks in for catapulting commissions. The podcast is coming up on its 100th episode. Last year, we we counted it was something of 100,000 new people heard of the catapulting commissions brand in 2020. The goal is to get that number to half a million in 2021. And that's through podcast media promotions. I'm sure that number would be higher. It's hard to track down how many people have seen articles in Forbes and different things of that nature. But uh, that's where, where business is at. It really is. We're focused on building catapulting commissions to be a brand name, a recognizable name that we teach people how a commission lifestyle, whether it's uh, direct sales, B2B sales, entrepreneurial sales can be a sustainable lifestyle. Personally, where I'm at now, I am, let's see, I'm, I'm turning 38 here in the next couple of weeks. I have been married twice. First marriage was, you know, you learn and you grow from. And and I reason I share that, I don't share that like, oh, you know, and, and I've, I've shared with my my wife now, I tell people the story because it's so common. People believe they're, they're in a position of failure after a divorce. So they believe their first relationship is something that uh, defines them. And for me, that wasn't the case. I, I, I got married at a younger age. Things didn't work out. You know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I believe there is a plan for everything. I met my wife amazingly almost, oh, I mean, almost seven years now, seven years ago now, six and a half, seven years ago, we we hit it off instantly. And within a year of us meeting, we eloped on a weekend, got married. We have a blended family now. So now uh, the two of us don't, don't have children together, but we have a completely blended family and dogs. And it has been a whirlwind growing and building so I, I love that component of my family. My wife's an entrepreneur. She owns an eyelash studio and a skincare line. So it has been unique to see how life changes. Because if you would have asked me in my late 20s, when my first marriage was, was kind of tanking, I would have told you, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm failing in life. Like things are going horribly wrong. I can't figure this out. I had this plans that I was going to be married for 50 years and et cetera, and, and all these things. And I remember feeling ashamed of what has happened. And you fast forward it now. And I'm like, you know what? I am who I am today because of the experiences I had then. And so, and and now my wife and I joke all the time, we still could be married for 50 years. We just need to live 10 years longer. That's all it is. So there you uh, go. that's where we're at right now. Now, how did you, cause you've talked about both with the first marriage and then with the business when they didn't work out, how did you jump back in? Because it's like a lot of times, especially for, for guys, like our identity is wrapped up in like what we're doing, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, like our identity is wrapped up in it. And when it doesn't work out, then that calls into play who we are. How did you, how did you get past that and go, I'm jumping in again? Like that's a different mind shift there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great question. There's two parts, right? There's, there's the, the financial business side and then the personal personal side, right? So right. I'll, I'll, I'll attack the business portion first. When I, when I failed in business, I knew that 
that business failing was only a temporary feeling. And I knew that it was something that I had learned that even though at the time I was like, oh, I'm sort of something here to learn from, but it wasn't exciting closing down my office, having the employees that had hired. I mean, I had literally at that point in time, I retraced all the way back to a, renting a one bedroom out of a small house for a couple hundred bucks. I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to make life work again. So to get back, to get back on, on the horse for lack of better words, I got a job. I was like, okay, I need, I need a job. I need some income coming in. And between that point in time and until catapult to commissions launched, I went, I did had two, two small business ventures that I'd built up. I had a, a photo booth business that I had built up. And then I had a media division where I, essentially where I was helping people set up media conglomerates in their home and wiring and all that other good stuff. So I did both those part-time on the side and, you know, IRS isn't listening, I hope, but a part of it was like, man, I was paying so much in taxes as an employee. I'm like, I need, I need to be self-employed in some shape, form or capacity. Like I can't, I can't do this. Um, And so those businesses kind of gave me that taste of like, okay, yeah, this is fun. I can do it. I I can be successful in it. And so then I made a shift to say, okay, what if I just completely focused on my leadership ability? Mm -hmm. And so I cut everything out. And so for almost seven years, eight years in a row, I completely committed to my my corporate leadership role can i empower people around me so i started building sales reps that went from sixty thousand dollars in annual income to over three hundred fifty thousand dollars in annual income i've seen some of these sales reps leave me in my current role for some of the most lucrative sales jobs in the world and as i started seeing people advance from what i was teaching them it gave me that confidence that it's not the company that i'm with it's not the name on the business card. It's how I treat people. And so that was, that was kind of, you know, one of the, one of the key shifts was, okay, I'm creating successful people be based on my true authentic feelings, my true authentic teachings. Can I do that independently? And which is where catapult and commissions was created out of. So it was really a, a, a kind of proof was there that proof of concept people are learning what I'm teaching. People are retaining it and they're having their lives expanded. I mean, one of, one of, one of my favorite coaching or success stories, I was just at her wedding this past weekend and I'm watching pictures of her on her honeymoon right now at the LeBlanc resort in Cancun. And, and I, I joked with her, I gave her a wedding gift and I gave her a decent wedding gift. And I'm like, you know, it's like, you're a dink family. I'm over here giving you a wedding gift, right? And if you don't know what dink is dual income, no kids, right? She's incredibly, she's very successful. Her husband's very successful. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, you guys are absolutely enjoying life. So that was, that was that motivation. And it continues to be the motivation for business personally, right? How do you go from failing, you know, in a marriage and and I call it failing, right? And, and and there's other words for it, but I'm like, okay, I I failed in a marriage. How do I say, okay, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to do something. You know, I, two parts. One, I truly believe my wife was a gift to me. I think my my wife, she came into my life at a time where I was incredibly low and we found each other and we have a very similar background from how we were raised to, I mean, her mother and my father passed away within 12 months of each other. I mean, we had a lot of similarities. Um, and honestly, I, I looked at, you know, we started talking one day and we were, we were you know, are we going to make this transition to be serious? Are we going to continue to date? And I'll never forget the conversation. She said, you know, she was like, Anthony, 
I'm a mother to two kids. I'm setting an example for my children and I enjoy, you know, us hanging out. I enjoy us dating, but if we're not prepared to be serious, I don't need my kids to know that I'm out dating. Like, like I'm mom and I'm mom first. And I thought about that and I'm a dad to a girl. And I, at this point in time, you know, I had one daughter and I'm like, Holy crap. What would I tell the guy that was trying to date my daughter right now in this position? Or what example would I set for my daughter? So, you know, I, I that conversation struck really hard with me and it, and it wasn't like we weren't angry. I was just listening to her and I'm like, okay, I, I get where you're coming from. And, and I remember sitting there and talking with her and I'm like, man, she's right. It wasn't, but a few days later that I said, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. Like, and I, I know I love you. I want this relationship to grow. And more importantly, you make me a better person. And I believe I make you a better person. And I want to be a better person, not just for myself, but you know, at the time my daughter was young and she was five or six. I'm like, this little girl is going to grow up watching me, how I treat you. And one day she's going to date somebody who's going to treat her the way I treat you. And if I'm not prepared to say, okay, I'm going to commit to a relationship again. She's, you know, I, I, I don't want that for her. And I, I told my, I told my wife now at the time, she, you know, she was my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared of going through the process of divorce. I'm scared of, of, of breaking up a family again. Like there's so many things that come with this. And when she shared with me, she had the same fears and that we were going to address this. And it was, it was truly, I found a partner that was ready to go through the fears of life with me. It's hard. It's frustrating. And there's a lot of, you know, and I'll say this, there's a lot of men that are like, oh, we are not allowed to be afraid. We're not allowed to be emotional. And what really changed the transition for me in the personal life and my marriage was my wife and I, we both shared our fears and we both said, we're going to do something different in this marriage. Cause this is my wife's second time being married. You know, we both had previous relationships. We're going to do something differently that we've never done before. And we have been involved in marital counseling our entire relationship. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes we, we clash heads, but I will say this. And, and, you know, I, I recently made a joke with our therapist and, you know, he's, he's seen everything from work to the launch of my business, the launch of her business. He's like, I feel like I need to get like a shout out here, guys. And I'm like, honestly, you've, you've been a game changer. You know, we came to you when we didn't have problems just because there were small issues we wanted to work out. We've had big problems. We've worked through them. We've had zero problems. We've we've enjoyed life. And that was the big thing. I found somebody who was just as scared to move forward, but wanted to move forward with me. And that's how I got past it in personal. So have you always had that that mindset, the heart there to engage and and be open? Or is that something you learned because of the experiences and and the books you were reading? I mean, because you're talking about, hey, Carla, this is where I'm at. And you're being open, honest, and, and vulnerable with her. And I can tell you from my personal experiences that did not come naturally for me. And I did not do well when I first started, you know, practicing that. So just wonder yeah. what's your background with that. Mike, I'll tell you this much, man, I sound really good on the show right now. Cause I'm telling you the end result, but I am like you, it, it wasn't a natural fit for me. Right. I, I had this natural Hispanic machismo mentality and and where that openness came from personal life. And even to this day, I'll share this with you right now. One of the last disagreements I had with my wife, you know, we, we had a small disagreement in our home and my wife said, Anthony, I get frustrated with you because when it comes to business, you're very coachable. You're quick to read. You're quick to learn. You commit to something. And she's like, you may have failed businesses in the past, 
But since I've known you, you've never failed at anything because you're fully coachable and committed. Can you do that as a husband? Can you do that as a father? And that, you know, she, she constantly challenges me. Like that's her one thing that she knows will, will, will shape me up because when we had that conversation of her expressing herself, she had a very similar, she didn't know me as well as she does now, but she said, look, you're a very smart guy. Like you see things, you know, 10 steps ahead when, when, when in your world of business, everyone sees one or two steps. You're like, no, I can't do this because this, 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 and you link all these dots together that no one's even thinking about. She says, if you took a fraction of that and you put it in this relationship, you would see how important this relationship is. And so it really took me, and I got to be honest with you, Mike, I, I looked at my wife when we were having this conversation, she was my girlfriend then, and I remember thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness, you're challenging me on an intellect. You're incredibly gorgeous. You know, it's like, buddy, and I, and, and I had just, a friend of mine had just, <laughs> we had just, I just want to had heard one of my good friends was getting married. One of my college buddies was getting married. We got together. It wasn't at his bachelor party, but we, we got together and he made a statement. He says, at a certain point, man, you get to the plateau and you say, you know what? I'm, you know, you have to look at yourself and say, this is the person I'm supposed to spend my life with because you can always keep looking for something else and you'll find something, right? Is it better? Is it worse? That's for interpretation. But if you look at the person you're at right now and they make you say, you are the best person in my life, then you have to make a change. And after having that conversation with Carla, I remember looking at her and thinking, I have, this is it. I have to make a change today. I'm going to make this change. So, and I, and I say that it wasn't easy. And, you know, we, we've, we've had some conversations along the way and, and every now and then I revert to the inner child inside of me where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to express feelings or emotions. <laughs> and, but it, it grows. I mean, it, it's something I think we all experience with it. You know, we, we all want to be, be tough, you know, a, as a, a male father figure, you know, I now have a daughter and a stepdaughter. I have a stepson and, and you know, the conversations I have with my stepson is look, it, it takes more strength to show vulnerability and emotion than it does to be stoic and standoffish. Yeah. And, 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 and he, he, he looks at me and he, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm it's, it's easy to be tough. It's tough to be open. I said, because when you're, when you're tough, you know, you can put off. I mean, you know, Mike, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy for me to be stoic and tough. No one's really going to question me like, Oh, that's easy. Uh, that's, that, that I literally, I can do nothing. And that happens. But for me to be vulnerable and open to somebody that takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength. And it's something that I continually continuously work on. And yeah, it's, it's probably one of the things that has helped save my marriage and, and it's, it's made it thriving and, and growing. I got to give you credit on the fact when Carla spoke that to you, that you were open, processed it, and then took action on it. Because my stories have not always gone that well, where it's like, I tried to defend myself because it's like, well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I did that because of this. And uh, dude, just hats off to you on that. No, thanks, Mike. I'm sure in my, my version of the story goes straight to there. I'm almost positive. There was a few, I tried to defend myself. I was, I wasn't as quick as adapting to it. You know, I, and Carla listens to my podcast and listens to me and, and she jokes, she's like, I, she's like, your stories are so good. So you, you know, you always brush over like, ah, it took me some time. She's like, you know, you don't expand on the time it took, but it, it, you know, so I did say, I came back a few days later and was like, Hey, you know, I want to make this change. But in that immediate few days, it was, it was tough, right? I I didn't want to make a change. I was like, Oh no, I want to do this. But you know, and, and I say this to your audience, it is okay 
to have two different emotions. It is okay to be unsure. It is okay to simply say, I, you know, I don't want to do this and, and go back and reflect. And if you are a person that is business minded, money minded, retirement minded, whatever it is, something where it takes an analytical approach in life and you take a fraction of that and you put it in your personal relationships, you start to realize it's easy to make the decisions that are best for us in our personal relationships when we just take a step out and say, hey, if this was a business decision, which direction would I go in? Mm. And for me, that really hits home. And then, you know, there's a counter argument. My wife will tell me sometimes not everything's a business decision. Sometimes there's emotions involved. There's a human component. Totally agree, which is a skill I call empathy. There's always an empathetic approach to everything. But at the end of the day, if I look at it and say, okay, risk versus reward, what am I going to gain by doing this? What am I going to lose by not doing this? And so at that point in time in my personal relationship, what would I gain? An amazing wife, an amazing blended family, a partner who's going to push me to be better. What would I lose? I'd probably be back by myself, frustrated, isolated, and, and, and not where I'm at today. And I knew that that was my, that was my gain and loss opportunity. And I took the game. How did you continue to encourage yourself? Cause you've talked about like, man, I was here. It took me a few days, you know, now we'll have to go back to Carla and ask her how many, <laughs> a few days really, you know, calculates out to, but it's like, how did you continue to persevere in the midst of that? Is it what you were just talking about? Like, is that the tool that you've used or has there been multiple kind of methods and, and, and ways you've gone about it as you've grown yourself? Yeah. So two parts, right? There's, there's the way we, you know, there's the self-taught learning way, right? So I will say I'm really, really skilled in the area of risk versus reward, right? Am I going to, what am I, will I gain? What will I lose? So I've always been that way. It's just been an, it's been like a mindset of mine since my very first business, nearly 20 years ago, 18 years ago, however old I'm at now, right? In my, I think I was 20. So I just remember at that point in time, the skill to acquire it personally, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was forced, but I was definitely nudged because there was a few times where, you know, I know my wife would say, look, we're going to make this, you know, we're going to create a family home or I won't stand for this. And if I, if I do stand for this, you know, I won't be the example to my daughter. And if I'm not, and if it's something I'm not going to stand for, I won't be around. Like it was a really much, it was a black and white decision for her. There was no gray. And I'm a salesperson. I love the gray. It was black and white. Either this is okay. This is not okay. I'm like, ah, it's kind of okay. Depending on the time. No. So a lot of that encouragement to make these reflections or make these changes in my personal life came from my life partner, which is, I'm a big believer in the most important decision you make in business in life is who am I going to spend my time with? It doesn't change. So for me, the person I spend the most time with is my wife. There's a saying, right? We've all heard it before. You, your income is reflective of the five people you're closest to, right? You're you, if you hang out with five dummies, you're the sixth dummy. You hang out with five millionaires, you're the sixth millionaire, right? Well, what people often don't say in that, in that motto is your spouse is the number one person. Your spouse is who gets the most of your time. That has to be the smartest, most, most intense, like biggest decision you make in your life. And so, and it, and it comes with, you know, when you're in that close proximity, 
you don't always get along. There's there's some challenges that come with it. But my wife really did push me in saying, you know, it was here's what I stand for. Here's what I won't stand for. And even to this day, Mike, there are certain things that my wife will not stand for. Like I forgot to load water in her car to take to her shop two days ago. She asked me to do it at eight o'clock and I was like, oh, I'll get it in the morning. I'm tired. She's like, all right, I'm not going to say nothing. But if you forget tomorrow, I'm going to call you and never again. The next day she called. She's like, do you forget to put something in the car? Mm, yes, I did. <laughs> and man, I, all right. Well, the next, I, I promise this, I will never tell you I'll do it later. And so it's just, you know, you, you learn, you learn to work with your life partner, but that's really where that, that decision to say when a change was, I knew I had a life partner that was going to enhance the quality of my life. And I was going to be able to enhance the quality of her life. And we made that decision together. Fantastic. Hi, coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the living fearless today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, Head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. So as you've grown, like you talked about investing years into your leader knowledge, and then you're also investing and, and growing, persevering through the personal side, how have you seen that impact Carla personally? And then also, how have you seen that impact your children? Has that changed them in any kind of capacity? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. My my mom has recently has told me multiple times when she's spoke with Carla, she's like, oh, my goodness, you're rubbing off on Carla so much. Right. She has her skincare line, her eyelash studio. She is, you know, when when she, you know, when COVID hit, you know, she had an opportunity. You know, we she got furloughed really early in the process and she had said, she says, in the past, I'd have just been furloughed. I would have just stood home. But I mean, it was time from, she was furloughed end of March, 2020, May 15th, 2020. We had an eyelash studio open. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary of it open. And I, I just shared with you, you know, before we recorded, and they're at the point where they can't even accept new clients. And so now they're bringing on more. I mean, it's, it feels like every three months she's adding new help and growing and growing. Um, if you were to ask her, you know, in the past, she would have just kind of sat still, took some unemployment, found a new job, been frustrated. And when she made some changes. So I, I believe that that drive that I possess has rubbed off on her. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that that drive is also rubbed off on all three of my kids. So my stepson right now, he, he had some adversity. He went to his freshman year in college way, joined a fraternity, loved the frat life, forgot to go to school. Oh, no, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's not an uncommon story though. No. So he came home for winter break and the grades were pulled up and I saw the grades and I was just, you know, you're, he's an 18 year old kid. I was like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, you, you were having this conversation with your mom. I am not, I have my own battles. I'm not picking this one up, buddy. And so mom saw it. My wife saw it. She was like, this, this isn't going to work like this. You're, you're coming home. Like there's, I'm not paying another dime for you to live a frat life and not go to school. You had an opportunity. She brought him home. 
So he came home, transitioned, went to the local community college, was really, you know, I would say almost like a 12 month, like kind of embarrassed, like frustrated. I failed out of school, blah, you know, all these things that you go through. And, you know, we kept telling him like, hey, it's, it's only a matter of time before you get back up and, and move in the right direction. If you're going to sit here and soak in your room, it's never going to happen. And so through his drive to seeing what, what, what we're doing here with catapulted conditions. I mean, my office, I work from my home. So he sees me here all the time. He sees uh, his mom running businesses. He got back up, started going to school. He's now going to school at Arizona state. I mean, he's doing things in the right direction. He, he just told me the other day, he's like, Hey man, I didn't realize I'm actually much closer to graduate than I thought. So kudos for him. My, 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 one of my daughters, my stepdaughter, she is entrepreneur to the heart. So she is now finding ways that how can I make additional money? I mean, she's 12, right? And it started as simple as, well, can I save enough cans? And then can I buy this machine that puts logos on things and Etsy's? I don't know. All these, these trinkets that she's interested in building and looking for ways to expand and, and monetize. So she consistently talks to her mom about how can I make additional money? And she wants to grow. Um, and, and it's, it's, and she's, She's her mother's daughter. It's along the beauty lines. Right? She's her mom in the beauty industry. She wants to be in the beauty industry at a really young age, which which we're supporting and encouraging. And then my daughter, who's the youngest out of the bunch, she's the opposite from the beauty industry. She's, she's a little more tomboyish, but she's a black belt in Taekwondo. She got invited to her regional black belt tournament. And fun fact, her last Taekwondo tournament was before COVID started. She competed, didn't do too well, froze up, and, and lost pretty bad. And, you know, but at the time she was in a, in a younger bracket, 10 to 11 years old, she froze up and, and she had won some tournaments. She had lost some tournaments. I think she was a blue belt at the time or brown belt. But since COVID has happened, there's the tournaments have stopped, but training continued. So during this process, she's gained her black belt. She turns 12 today. She got invited to a regional black belt tournament. That's 12 to 14 year old girls in Las Vegas. I'm terrified, but her work, and she is pointing told me, dad, I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to get beat up. I, and she knows the girls are older. So we have been training. Uh, and on the weekends, we go, you know, twice a month, we go and train down in Los Angeles with a, a, a group of other Taekwondo schools. Mm-hmm. And she has gone down and started training and sparring with girls that are 15, 16, that are older than the girls she'll compete with. She hasn't really dominated the competition, but she hasn't gotten beat up. So she, she, she holds her own. And it's more of a mental challenge she's overcoming. And, you know, I made a joke. I said, this 15-year-old girl kicked you in your face. You moved your helmet. You stepped back and you got back in a fighting position. And she she responded. She said, well, if I'd stopped that, she'd keep going and it would hurt. So I had no choice but to defend myself. I was like, you know what? You're going to be all right. Win, lose, or draw in this tournament, you'll be okay. So I see my drive and pursuit for this generational wealth that I'm trying to build, which is built off drive reflects in the kids. I mean, so much so that, you know, one of the training sessions I wasn't able to make. And my daughter said, you know, I really like you there. She says, I hate when you miss. I said, why is that? She says, I know I give you crap sometimes. She didn't say crap. So I know I give you a hard time sometimes for, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm in her corner. She's like, but you're, you're a motivator. You, you have these one liners. You're in there. Get up. And, and, you know, and, and I always thought, I'm like, oh, am I being a pain in the butt when I am in your corner? But she she enjoys that. So, you know, it, it goes to show as the male figure, I don't believe I don't believe in gender roles. Right. And I don't believe that, you know, a male has to do this. A female has to do this. I believe as a parent, we're all responsible. But it's really hard 
when you are a leader or a co-leader of your household. I, I believe Carla and I are co-leaders in our household. Sometimes I lead her, sometimes she leads me. But what the one thing that is certain, we always lead our children. And so when you have that responsibility, you have no choice but to always make the right decision, to always be optimistic, to always believe you can overcome any adversity. Because if you don't believe you can overcome an adversity, everybody in your home believes they can't overcome the adversity. And that's a really ugly cycle to repeat itself. Yeah. And in what you've shared, it's like your daughter in Taekwondo. I mean, she is up early going in there, investing her time. So it's like, I mean, I've seen that from your Instagram where it's like, Mm -hmm. she's dedicated. So she's seeing that from you guys setting that pattern. And I don't think it's just generational wealth. I think you and Carla are setting like a generational legacy where there's, you've empowered them and you've given them the, the mindset, the heart to continue to fight and go through that stuff. I mean, you, you know, your son had the, had the opportunity to just say, yeah, I'm done, but you and Carla have lived out. Hey, we hit this hurdle. We got set back, but we're back in the fight. We're back in the ring. And that I think is where we as men so many times will just kind of like kind of shrink back or Mm -hmm. just say, stay sedentary. And it causes a ripple effect within our family. And just as it causes that kind of, you know, the rest of the family to kind of slow down, like what, what you're doing and what Carla's doing just amplifies in the family. And that momentum just becomes like amplified, like magnified there. And I love seeing that, that the two of you are on the same page, you're, you're working together and it's not always been something that, you know, came naturally. You've talked about that, but you're being intentional. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to give you and Carla kudos, your three children kudos as well, man. You guys are fighting and making a change in a, in a direction that maybe the legacy, the heritage wasn't there before you're setting a different pattern and creating freedom for your family. So well, well done, my friend. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. And I, and I, and I, I, I'm going to implement that. I like the generational legacy over generational wealth, because I, as you're saying that I just self-reflect, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, and that's one of the arguments. Yeah. One of the disagreements Carl and I have, it, it can't all be wealth. It can't all be money, right? And we have, and, and I grew up incredibly poor. So for me, once I've made money, I'm like, I'm never going to lose it. Like I'm not, I'm not going back. And so maybe it is the legacy because I think as a legacy, it's off self and on purpose, right? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes wealth is on self, like, ah, I don't want to lose it. But truth be told, I, what would make me happy, the happiest I could ever been. And, and it sounds morbid what I'm about to say, but if I left my home right now, went to the grocery store, got in a car accident and died. If my kids continue moving in the direction they're in today, I'd be a happy man. If I went, same thing, down the grocery store, got in a car accident and died, and my kids, they're pretty well secured now, but they became jerks. They became losers. They, they quit on life. I would be turning over in my grave because they would have money and they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be the person they're supposed to be today. So, or that they are today. So that's, yeah, I'd, I'd rather go with generational legacy over generational wealth. That's a good one, Mike. And, but I think the great thing is you're creating both because if you look at it out there, I think it's like three generations, like 
you and Carla could build the wealth. And within three generations, if not less, it's gone. But you're creating the character, the mindset, you know, just the the internal strength, the fortitude there that now your children can give that to their children. And so you're changing like your family tree. And I love what you guys are doing. And it's not where you started. That's the intentionality that it's like, I just love hearing about and really resonates with me. And, you know, that's something that, that I hope carries through, you know, in, in the action that's taken. It's like, you've talked about it not being perfect, you know, neither of us experienced yeah. perfect, like, Hey, I'm going to go do this and groovy. It's there. It's like, <laughs> nope. Fell flat. Try again. You know? So thank you for being real and open and honest about all that, because it's like, it, it is messy, you know? And I would, how are things now? Are they, are they perfect aligned and, and you and Carla are in lockstep? I mean, is that what it looks like? No, not even close. I mean, <laughs> I would love for it. I mean, it's 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 funny. You know, Carla Carla makes a joke because there's times she has a group of girlfriends and stuff that she works with at the salon that, you know, we, we had a we had a recent and then we had a recent tax bill. So we had a disagreement and a tax bill all kind of in the same time. And, you know, the tax bill came in. She's like, I sure wish we were as rich as people think we are. And I was, I, I made a joke. I was like, I don't know. I said, I don't know what's worse to have a tax bill like this or to be able to pay a tax bill like this. I said, either way, it's kind of, kind of a, kind of a cruddy deal. And then I said, you know, I said, it's funny. I said, you talk a lot about your, your, your girlfriends at your salon that ask you like, Oh, I, you know, how do you and Anthony do this? I said, do you tell them sometimes? I mean, behind closed doors, you and I are like, we are clashing. She was like, no, I'm like, you should tell them. I said, because they have this facade right now that we walk around like, everything's roses and daisies there are certain point in times where i'm like okay we need to speak away from these kids like let's talk like we have a difference of opinion and and the reason i say that is everybody you see they have challenges in life that they are dealing with financial personal familial interpersonal etc we are really good at putting on a image that we want others to see true vulnerability happens when you don't have to do that anymore and when true vulnerability happens that's when true problems arise and that only happens with the most intimate circle of people you trust for me it's my wife for my wife it's me which is why there are times we have some challenges or disagreements that we haven't been able to solve and sometimes we table it for the next day or we table it for a later time and we continue to grow and the one thing that i say that has helped i would say has helped save my marriage multiple times is we uh, we agree to date each other consistently you know she's an entrepreneur has a lot of things going on i'm doing a bazillion things at once so sometimes our businesses don't align it and we've made it a habit that i would say once every three months and it was pre-covid and kind of covid kind of threw us for a little curveball but we would go somewhere just the two of us like just a, an adult's vacation trip sometimes they were staycations during covid we couldn't really go nowhere. We did a staycation in town. We you had know, like a nice little boutique hotel. We went there, had room service. Just, hey, it was our time. We ordered movies. No kids around. I'm working on not having the dogs around. I have, I have, I'm pretty sure the dogs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if my wife had to choose between me and the dogs, the dogs would win right now. But no kids around. It was like, it's just us. And so we're, you know, we're, we're going Memorial Day weekend this year to Cancun. 
just the two of us nice. you know kids kids are like i want to go you know one of my daughters was like i've always wanted to go to cancun i'm like you're 12 no you're not going you haven't always wanted to go to cancun you're not going to cancun this is just me just mom everyone else you we you have your respected places to stay don't call don't text i will call and check on you make sure you're alive and kicking leave us alone and this is maybe make like the fifth or sixth trip that carla and i have done where it's just the two of us and it's it's funny when i tell other parents like how do you leave your kids behind i'm like i point blank tell them if mom and i aren't in sync the whole house isn't in sync so if there's times where you know where we're not in sync because of personal issues and times we're not in sync because of business issues there's time we're not in sync because of financial issues when those times come up we both okay how how can we just you and I get together, have a business meeting. So, you know, she, she's my partner in catapulting commissions. I'm her partner in her eyelash studio. And we have said, you know, our marriage is a business at certain points in time. So we'll sit and have business meetings. So we're going to go to Cancun, you know, we're there for four days, you know, one day we're going to, you kind of do our own little mastermind, talk about our businesses, where we're growing, what were the challenges. The other part of the time we're going to, we're going to sit by the pool and drink margaritas and hang out and enjoy each other. Like it's, you know, so there's, there's those things that help build that, that relationship, but it's not always perfect. There's a lot of work that goes on it. And anyone who tells you it's perfect is lying. <laughs> I completely agree. And, and I love the idea of getting away. It's like Kathy and I do that as well for you guys. Are you doing it? You said like almost quarterly, right? Or yeah. So you're, you're, having it at a regular basis before you really implemented it on a regular basis, or maybe that's the way you started it out. Did you like kind of go back and forth of, uh, Hey, I need, I need a meeting. And, you know, was it an audible call or was it always set out every quarter? You know, it, 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 it's never been planned like, Hey, let's do it every quarter where, where it really comes is we've looked at some of the times when we weren't, getting along where we were having some challenges in our relationship and you know we we read the five languages of love we've we've looked and say how, how we're going to impact our marriage and my wife's love language is quality time she she wants to have quality time with me and i know that and so how can i create quality time so it was more of a when we when i discovered that was okay well if i'm your husband and this is your love language i need to adapt I need to ensure that this is how we're going to make our marriage grow. Um, and it now just became a, Hey, let's get away. Sometimes it's one night away. It's just our date night. You know, we'll, we'll go, you know, I live in the central Valley of California. We'll go to the coast. We'll go to wine country. We're, we're going to go, we'll have a nice wine dinner. We'll visit a vineyard in the morning, stay the night somewhere. We'll come back the next day and we'll just, we'll just disconnect. And it, it is now to the point where the two of us recognize it. I mean, we've, we've, we've been doing this, you know, I don't say a ton of time, but been, we, and we've going on six, six and a half years of doing this. We have said, we, we, we read the language, right? When someone's super frustrated or someone's, someone's not getting there or someone's stressed, Hey, let's go, let's disconnect. And, you know, I would say more times it's not, it's, I'm really good about elaborate trips. So I'm really good. Like, Hey, we're going to Cancun for a week and Hey, we're going on a cruise for a week. And my wife's really good about, or she's really subtle. She's like, she's more like, Hey, can we get some time? You know, let's, Hey, what can we go? You know, can we go away for the night or something like that? But she doesn't plan the elaborate ones. She's probably more conservative financially than I am. I'm like, dude, no, we work hard. We're going to go do this, this, and this, but we have, we have that balance. We read it in each other. And like, I, I know, you know, 
COVID in the beauty industry had, you know, ups and downs. One week her shop was open, one week it was closed. And there was one time when, you know, it was closed. She was frustrated. I was like, you know what? We're, we're going to get out of town. Just you and me. Let's, let's do it. I had dealt with some adversity in business late last year, and I was really, really frustrated. We tried to go to lunch, and I was just like super negative, which is, you know, not common for me. And the only person that ever sees me in really a negative state of mind is my wife. And we were at lunch, and she just kind of looked at me and she's like, all right, we, we need to go somewhere. Like, we just need to like disconnect. Like, she's like, and she pointed back and said, you need to either change your negative attitude or I need to get away from you. So you got two choices, buddy. You and I can go somewhere <laughs> or you, or I'm going to go somewhere. And I was like, all right, you're probably right. I need to switch this up a little bit. So uh, it's just, it's all about having that partner that calls you out. It's all about having that partner that reads, reads the languages that are, you know, I, I like to say we read what's not being said to each other. And I think that's vital. And And you guys are, attuned and sensitive to it, which I think a lot of times when we just are so absorbed in what's going on within our own space, we miss that with our, with our wife or our children, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anthony, dude, I could go on for hours just asking you questions. Cause I love the fact of, uh, how you're sharing the growth, you're sharing the challenges, and then the success as well. I look forward to seeing how things continue to grow for you, both personally and professionally, both you and Carla, and for your daughter going in on, on her, her competition here coming up. So Anthony, if you would, what's the best way to connect with you, to reach, you know, be in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah. This? So, yeah. So my website's Anthony P as in paulgarcia.com, anthonypgarcia.com. I'm under social media under anthonypgarcia99. You can go to catapultsandcommissions.com, get it connected with me. If you want a free copy of, of my book, Catapults and Commissions, it's a sales book that's driven towards achieving sales goals. So I don't really teach the strategies of like, hey, here's a magic secret sauce to get someone to say yes. More of a, it's a, how do you mentally approach your business to generate consistent commissions you just text me text text the word hello to 661-228-8967 you'll automatically get a link back for me click there you can download the book free of charge there's no no shipping no it's just i download you give you the opportunity to download the ebook if you want the physical book it'll give you a link to purchase that as well but honestly it's just a gift to you just take the book read it if you find some value let me know sounds great my friend thank you again and it sounds like from today, we need to have Carla on to get the uh, other side of the story at some point. <laughs> yeah, get get the real scoop. Car- Carla always says, she's like, I'm going to write a tell-all when you pass. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Mike, thanks for having me on the show, buddy. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.